0: all in podcast show is home to the top entrepreneurs innovators and world changers sharing their breakthrough moments and how they are changing the world we will bring mentors into your world who can help you find balance and build a bold life of excellence with your host daniel giordano get off the sidelines get all
1: in and join us at www.allinpodcast.com Welcome to the All In Podcast Show today. I am excited to share a uh, great story with you and um, someone that's out moving and shaking and impacting the world um, in a big way, serving and um, contributing. And um, I'm just uh, ecstatic that he took the time to uh, share with us today. Um, So, you know, clear your schedule, get, you know, just sit back and and take some notes, and you're going to learn a lot of great things today. But um, I want to introduce you to uh, Dwayne Cummings. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dan. I'm honored and humbled to be here awesome brother. So, um, obviously, you know, you've been out, uh, doing some things that I've noticed over the past several years, but you know, it didn't always look like that for you. So, um, you know, let's share with the audience, uh, a little bit about, you know, where you come from, where you're born and raised, you know, uh, and, uh, a little bit about your upbringing.
0: Well, I was born in Augsburg, Germany. So my father was in the military and I was, uh, overseas, but we pretty much settled in the West coast. Once we got back to the States and, uh, you now I grew up I, I always say we grew up poor, but at the time I didn't know it because on a military salary, we did okay, but then my mother and father divorced, and so it was my mom and um, I you know I was into athletics and I had a lot of friends and so i in my world, I just thought life was awesome, and I was just having a great time. It wasn't until I was a little older that I realized that I was uh, overcoming a bunch of challenges that uh, didn't seem to be challenges at the time but um you know as I got older, I went off to college. Cal State Northridge first, and lost my scholarship. I was an athlete, played five sports in high school, but I only could play soccer well enough to go to college. And after losing that scholarship, I uh, went in the military, just like my dad. Got my life and got my life in order. So, hmm.
1: yeah. so yeah, so so how long were you in the military, and what branch?
0: I was in the Army, and uh, because I was an athlete and I wanted to be, you know, all that I could be, I I went in as in a combat MOS and. I went to the 101st Airborne first, then I went to Fort Sherman for jungle operations and cold weather training in Alaska, and then I ended up in Korea, and uh, they wanted me to re-enlist, but I was going to have to stay there unaccompanied, and I had actually fallen back in love with my high school sweetheart and didn't want to stay away from her, so I uh, ended up getting out of the military at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, because she's actually an Okie. Hmm. I had... uh, met her cause my grandparents lived in Oklahoma. So growing up, I went to Oklahoma to visit and met her during school, high school. And, uh, she's still my wife and best friend to this day. We've been married 28 years. That's awesome.
1: So, and yeah, and you obviously have uh children.
0: Well, yes. Uh, Matthew, our oldest is 26 and he is newly married to Aaron. And, uh, some people would say that's a little bit young, but they actually dated nine years. So I thought that was kind of cool. They they kind of they broke up a few times, but got back together. They knew they were meant to be. And our youngest son, Christopher, is a freshman
1: at uh, University of North Georgia. So two boys. Awesome. And um, you know, uh, knowing a little bit about your story, uh, not giving it away, but you know, let's talk about how you got started in business.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, Pretty interesting because I I'd always been an entrepreneur. You know, like back in the military, even I would I would loan people money on the twenty seventh of the month because they weren't going to get paid to the thirty first. And not that I was a big loan shark or anything, but you know I found opportunities there. I would take people's guard duty for them and they would pay. And so I thought I'd always been a person that was looking for business and money. And um, in athletics, early on, I was the head coach and general manager of a professional soccer team sports franchise and I owned an indoor arena and I just always felt like I was in business but early on in my life I was in soccer coaching high school college and professional and uh, when Matthew our oldest was about nine he came to me and said dad when are you going to love me as much as your players because I was always gone and was going to miss his birthday and that was really when I shifted into uh, business and making sure that I could run my own businesses and be an entrepreneur and Kind of dictate my own time so I could be around my family, hmm. and uh, yeah, every a, a lot of people know the successes of our background. You know the good businesses and the things that happened, but along the way, of course, there were tons of challenges. You know things that didn't work out so well or that you lost
1: money at. Right. So, so what were some of those things where you you know you had some challenges? You know, as you were as you were building your your businesses. Well, uh,
0: you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned from a business acumen just overall big picture was we had started a uh, antique furniture shop small and and kind of started building it up and reupholstery and it moved into this little strip mall area and uh, we were taking on other people's furniture to refinish and reupholster and to consign and sell and it it was getting pretty big and of course in my mind it was ginormous and I was the greatest in the world and um, at about four o'clock in the morning we get this call that the building's on fire we end up getting there. It's dark, but you can see the flames for miles away, and and uh, a fire exit sign or an exit sign above the door. It started the fire, but the lesson from that came was we weren't properly insured. Hmm. So yeah, so in a flash, you know, we owe all this money. We we were insured, but not enough, and we owed all the money to the people that had product in there and for the you know part of the contents. And um, because then I was just young and excited and trying to grow a business, and I didn't have as many. Uh, mentors in my life to help me with business acumen and certain aspects of business. And so that was, you know, that was almost a regroup and start from scratch because we had poured everything into that, you know, and as you could imagine, even to this day, the smell of a smoldering building or smoke gives me a whole different feeling than it might give someone else. Hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. I could have so, yeah. But it was a great, I mean, I, I, you always hear this and people are like, you're crazy. I wouldn't change it for anything because it made me, a wiser business person you know i'm more aware of things so.
1: right that experience created you know a new opportunity for you so what what did you shift into after that
0: um well right after that we got back into the soccer and, and athletic business there's a couple indoor arenas and we had owned a pro shop in one of those indoor arenas so again it's start small and, and begin to grow um uh, i you know at the time i was really good at bootstrapping we didn't have lots of money and lots of credit and typically i would have you know a, a job as well like you got the one foot in the regular job world and the one foot in the entrepreneurial job world and you're you're trying to pool resources to to extend and buy credit i mean to to get product and get credit and um you know i don't think i've ever had a time in my life where i didn't have something going we we were involved at times. You know, you get started in an MLM when somebody says, "Hey, if you'll sell these um, air, you know, purifiers, you buy them at whatever four hundred dollars and you sell them for a thousand, you're going to make millions. And because I was so eager to leave my mark as a young man, I was trying everything. You know, I was doing everything, and I'd have a little bit of success. But um, I think early on, I, I was always doing things for the wrong reason. You know, I was chasing. Money, or I was chasing a bigger home or the nicer vacation, and you know we were having it depends on what you label success, of course we, were, we had an income and we were generating revenue, but I don't think I was very successful by my own definition when I was younger as mm-hmm.
1: a parent. right, well, you, you did mention something a little earlier that that for you and, and obviously success is different things to different people, but for you that 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 uh, um, the process you went through after your son made that statement to you. Um, was a little bit of a wake-up call to say, you know, uh, maybe there's something there that you need to pay attention to um, uh, because you could be successful in one area and maybe not, you know, you know, have that balance.
0: So, yeah, that's 100%. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we want to jump around, but I've learned a couple lessons, you know, in my adult life that really changed my definition of success and As you get older, of course it does, you know, you, family and friends and fun and freedom and those type of words begin to come in. Um, You start realizing what's really important and the legacy you're going to leave and the impact you're having on the world.
1: So, sure. So, so as you transitioned into the soccer world, you know, um, obviously you got into a few other things after that, Um, you know, what, what did that look like and how did you, you, know, how did you wind up in your, your main business that you wound up selling at one point?
0: Well, yeah, it was really by accident. Um, I, I got some good mentors in my life that just began to tell me and teach me things like you know, finding your, what you love so that you don't ever work a day and, and then figuring out how to monetize what you love and those kind of things. But I loved clothes and I was having clothes made for me. And um, a guy said, what if you created your own label? and we'll, instead of making you one of something, we'll make 12. It's going to cost less and it's more effective. And I said, what am I going to do with 12? And at the time it was a tie and hanky and a cufflink set. He said, well, just take the extra ones and give them away as gifts. You know, it'll, you could start doing that. And, um, we had an event where we gave some away that actually really kind of was the catalyst for us starting our own private label clothing company. And so then it really ramped up quickly and, um, you know the internet was really coming on strong in the early 2000s, and we got in with a couple people that really supported the brand, and then we were in you know hundreds of mom and pop stores, and then we hit one big you know commercial account, in the malls, and before you knew it, we were you know containers from China arriving, and we're a business, and it's crazy, and money's flowing, and um, we split that into two and sold one of them. The Duke and Duchess Company is my brand. We sold that off right in 2008 before the crash. And then everybody thinks you're a genius, right? You're like, oh, you're you're incredible. You knew what it, is. and I didn't know. I was timing and fortune and lucky and karma, or whatever you want to call it. I was the beneficiary of, you know, the the calendar. But everybody wants to know your story, and I had some accolades in there from marketing things we had done, and a, you know, some entrepreneur type awards that were nice. But it brought notoriety. So then I was being asked to speak a lot tell the story and inspire entrepreneurs and, you know, c- creative marketing things Because we did like, you know, recently that lottery got up to $1.6 billion. Well, back in the early 2000s, we were sending lottery tickets in every box as we shipped to people in hopes that we would make them also a millionaire. And some people won some money, which got news and press. and So, you know, that kind of was going along well, but um, then the consulting company started because people wanted to know my story and wanted me to affect their business. And I, and I again, was starting to get away from my family, getting away from focus. But, um, you know, one of my mentors kind of slapped me in the head and said, hey, this is your opportunity now to really leave your mark. You don't have to chase anymore. It's time for you to change the equation. And so we kind of, you know, starting in 2010, we really focused on serving others. And, you know, it, it's really funny because most people will say you – you know, you got to have something before you can give. And the greatest joy I've found now is is when you, when you don't have the right thing to give, but you give anyway, you give your time or you give your talents. Um, you know, that's the greatest joy I'm having now.
1: Right. That's awesome. So as you, um, you mentioned a couple things there, obviously, you know, having mentors, um, was a big piece of your success. Um, and, uh, you know, is there a specific mentor that, that really uh, opened things up for you?
0: Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, I, uh, My grandfather and uncles were all Baptist pe- preachers, and I grew up in that church. And I'm not Catholic, but I coached at a Catholic university. And I became very close friends with uh, a man named Father Victor Roberts, a couple of the priests there I was close with. But he, he kind of latched onto the team. He was the vice president of academic affairs, but he really took an interest in me as a person, and he was fantastic uh, with his teaching and coaching style. He also taught philosophy because he would just ask questions that made you you know turn yourself inside out, and they were always really subtle and it just it, for whatever reason they were at the right moment and and so up until even the time when he passed, you know he would ask what kind of legacy you're going to leave on the world or you know, we'd be walk there's a there's a cemetery on campus and we'd be walking by there and he would say, you know, when you're being buried, what will those people say about you around there? And and these are sometimes cliche things that we all put on memes and we put out to the world, but you know, he was a guy that I respected and he was walking his talk and so he hit me with a lot of that and and he knew my business mind and my hopes and dreams and you know, he would say, Okay, so let's say we give you fifty million dollars tomorrow. What are you what are you really gonna do with it? You know, how are you going to affect change and when is enough money enough? And so even to this day, everything that he ever told me rings in my ears, kind of like your some people's parents or other, you know, different things. But so when I go to make a decision, I'm always thinking about, well, what would he say and and how what life should I lead?
1: Hmm. That's that's awesome. So as you, um, uh, you know, as you went on this journey and obviously accepted advice from uh, mentors, um, you know, as you were building your business, you know, obviously the theme of this show is, you know, being all in and everything you do. And, you know, you've mentioned things like family, um, and faith and, and, uh, um, you know, obviously finance and business. So what was it for you when you were building your business that, that you finally, you know, it just finally felt like you were, you know, if you want to call it, you've arrived, you know, um, I know obviously everybody has a different meaning of that, but, um, what, what did that look like for you? Well, that's
0: it's interesting that you say it that way because I kind of feel like I still haven't arrived. Right. Uh, because, you know, success, the way I define it, isn't a destination. It's its not, you know, you're going to get somewhere and you've done it. So from the worldly standpoint, we have nice cars. You know, we, we drive very nice vehicles and we have a nice place to live and we travel the world. And uh, we're very blessed, fortunate, blessed, whatever word you want to use. But But I don't feel like... You know, I've arrived yet. I'm still working every day and traveling every day to do things and serve the world. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like that heavyweight champion, you know, as they're coming up and they're living in the studio apartment and they're eating one meal a day and they're training 10 hours, they're hungry and they're hungry to win a, you know, a belt. And then when they win the belt, sometimes they fall off. They're not as hungry. And I just want to constantly stay hungry. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't think I'm ever going to say I've arrived.
1: Right yeah and maybe that was a poor choice of words there but uh, I was thinking in terms of, of no. where you um you know when when you've um uh, you know from a business success standpoint you know obviously when you as you got close to the point of selling the business um uh you know there there was probably a point where you realized you've you know if you want to call it hit success in that specific area of your life
0: oh, okay yeah sorry i apologize uh you know the second time around is probably a a better example because sometimes you don't realize things till later on so i didn't realize what we really had with the clothing company till now when people in the industry are still calling me for advice or you know people in marketing are saying hey i know you haven't done this for a number of years but can we meet with you and um you know through the consulting i was consulting an oil and gas company which i ended up becoming partners in and was an active coo to get them sold and that was when i really started going oh wow you know we're we're onto something here because we're no longer talking about you know hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars we're talking about millions of dollars you know quarter billion dollars and somebody is valuing you know putting that monetary value on my uh, contribution so then you kind of have to sit back and and you you still go like wow is that really is that really happening you know is this i guess i have kind of you know achieved some things and i i'm providing value to the world and bringing you know making an impact uh, in the business world mm-hmm. and you know when people my I'm blessed that my phone will ring and it'll be somebody I would have never expected you know never asking me a business question or my opinion on something or would I could I meet with them and and then you kind of know okay well that's evidence right that's evidence that you must be doing something right so in my life I'm just always looking for evidence I do a lot of public speaking and if no one wants to speak to me after I talk, then the evidence is I probably didn't make much of an impact. Or, I, you know, I might have, but I'm looking for evidence. And so in the business world, the evidence now is, is I'm,
1: you know, people are pursuing to talk to me, I guess. Right. That's good. So as you've uh, progressed um, and, you know, in the different businesses you've been involved in, um, you know, t- talk to me about some uh, some of the exciting things you're working on now. Well, we, you know, we sold the oil and gas
0: company, and my wife and I had sat down and talked about it for a long time. That instead of taking on another major project that was going to take up a lot of time, this was going to be a season in our life where I could finish writing some of the books that I'd been working on, and I could really spend time giving back and serving others, and showing up in the world in places that needed us to show up in the world. So whether that was in nonprofit groups or Um, you know helping other people that are trying to make a difference in the world but maybe they couldn't get over the hump because they needed one or two little things so you know right now the second book in the sensational series is coming out the sensational leader comes out in a couple months Um, the book that i think i've been writing for most of my life is called selling out your funeral and that one's almost done which is really about leaving your legacy in the world and making an impact so i'm getting to do that i'm I'm doing a lot of speaking, which I'm blessed to do, and but most of it is focused—not most, a lot of it is focused towards younger audiences, universities, high schools, um, Upward Bound, and then, as I said, we're involved in several nonprofit organizations. And you know, we, I said it was a season because there may come a time where you know, a year from now, two years from now, we we tackle another big project or company or something like that because I'm still involved in other companies I'm still partners in or own a couple of companies but they're smaller and they don't take up that kind of time they're kind of on autopilot so
1: right.
0: getting you know getting to spend time with guys like you it's been a number of years since you know I was in your presence and I think we did an event together or we're at an event in Florida where we both presented and you know to slow down now in my time in this time of my life and to get to engage with people like you and get nourished from people like you is important
1: sure yeah you know, it definitely has been a few years but you know what's awesome is that the power of social media you can find anybody
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah That's it's a double edged sword
1: yeah so um with with uh some of the um uh projects they're working on you know non-profit wise you know t- tell me about the uh you know um what what what's your mission behind that
0: you know it's it's real simple to serve others so, you know, I, I, my mentor, a different mentor made me come up with a personal mission statement a long time ago that was to aid others, act on ideas and achieve results. Because if you, if I personally help other people, if I aid other people every day, I'm kind of in my sweet spot. And then if I act on ideas, I'm really in my sweet spot. And then if we get a result, I'm, I'm really, really tuned in and happy because if you don't get the result you want, you just change it. But so now with the nonprofit stuff. You know, I I want to show up and avail myself where it's needed. You know, I don't I'm not a guy that has a a one keynote topic. I don't have a, you know, a two CD disk that I'm trying to shove down somebody's throat. I'm showing up where they're needing something. So if somebody needs to be fed, I show up to feed them. If they need to be mentally nourished, that's where I show up. If they need, you know, physical labor, then that's where I show up. Um it really my focus is on others. I know that sounds Pollyanna, but uh you know, that's what's bringing me the greatest joy in my life.
1: All right. So, uh, I mean, that's great. So I would assume that that's, you know, one of the things you like to do for fun. Yeah. People always,
0: you know, they say, so, okay, tell me about your professional life and then tell me about your personal life and what about your family. And uh, we're, we really have crafted the life that we want, which, you know, our work is all together. My wife made every trip with me last year except for one she's we're always together my sons are around a lot we travel together my youngest son especially we've done all kinds of things when we make a trip like we're going to Africa in two weeks we will do family we will do fun we will do the business obligations and then we will do charity so you know I I'm like the luckiest guy in the world because I don't have to break all that up
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: I'm just I'm just present. And it doesn't really matter if it's business or personal or family. I'm just there.
1: Right. That's 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 great stuff. So you get to, you know, basically living living exactly the life that you've designed.
0: Yeah. In fact, even as I'm saying, you know, I, I'll never take that for granted because even as I hear you say that and I say it, it's kind of overwhelming. And there are people that bring me back into check all the time because, you know, my CPA will say, hey, Dwayne. You know, you got to speak at the beginning of your three-week trip to Africa, and at the end, you got to do business at both ends. Otherwise, the IRS won't allow you to, you know, write this off, or you can't do that. So people are always trying to pull me back out of that life, but, you know, i just so myopically focused on serving others. And, you know, I let the vehicles that I have in my life determine whether it gets monetized or whether it's just a gift or,
1: you know. Right. That's awesome. So does your wife do speaking as well?
0: (laughs) Uh, No. Well, (laughs) I jokingly say she's like EF Hutton because when she does talk, you know, you better listen. And that's an older reference. (laughs) Um, You know, we go and I I use real life examples when I talk. And and there's been a couple of times where I talked about uh, two years ago, she had a LASIK surgery that went bad and she was blind for several months. And so when when I share that, if she's in the room or she's in a crowd and I share that, it Inevitably, after I'm done talking, you know, no one wants to come and talk to me. They all want to go talk to her, which is awesome, you know. <laughs> but she hates it, you know. But um, when she does start talking, you know, she's like anyone else. She's engaging, and you know, she's awesome. But if we were on the, if she was on the show with me, or we're on a TV interview or anything else, and I and I turn to her and I say, "So, what do you got to say?" She just gives me that look like you know better, you know. Don't put me on the spot. This is what you
1: do. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
0: We, we always say that she's the anchor and I'm the sail on our relationship. You know, she's the sturdy one and
1: she holds us down. That's good. <laughs> that would be funny to see though. Um, so what's really cool is that, you know, you're just out living life, having a good time and, and impacting people doing what you, what you love to do. Um, and, um, you know, not following the the guru model, <laughs> some of the things we've been exposed to. That's out there, um, but just really living life and and uh, having a positive impact and really living your legacy. So, you know, uh, the, what was interesting is, and I wrote it down the the book that you mentioned, the next one, "Selling Out Your Funeral." Um, you know, I, I mean, I get obviously what that's about, but you know, talk give me give me a, a few tidbits on what that's about for you.
0: Well, it. Um... Wow, sorry, I got emotional. I can't even believe I did that. Uh, I I had a man in my life that worked in the oil and gas industry, worked for us. He was a safety director. And um, he he was actually an old basketball coach, high school coach, and he was getting up in years, but he was in safety. And um, he had a 20-year-old son that passed away in a car accident. And so we went to the funeral, and this was uh, in Fairview, Oklahoma, small western Oklahoma Oklahoma agricultural town and the high school gym was packed people out the door hundreds and hundreds of people and you know people got up and wanted to talk they didn't leave for hours and hours and they wanted to talk about just the few minutes that when they'd met this young man and the impact had made and you know he was only 20 and you know if you were selling tickets he had sold out that funeral that's how much of an impact had made in that community Hmm. and um you know, I just sat there thinking, you know, what, what will my funeral be like? And I don't mean like, hey, come look at me, come, come talk about my accolades. I mean like how many people will I really positively affect? Could I sell out my funeral? Could, would my funeral be this way? Like that day it was also a little overcast and, and rained and it didn't, you know, it didn't stop anybody. And people had to park a long way away and they walked in the rain. And it just didn't matter because they were there to pay tribute to this young man's life. And so, you know, I just really started thinking, Okay, um, you don't wait till the day before you pass to sell out a funeral. You know, if you were going to sell out a concert or anything else, you have advertising and marketing and uh, you better have some hit records and you better have a following. And so to do that, I got to go out there in the world and plant seeds and serve others. And, you know, don't just say hi, but make a positive impact in someone's life and, and not just put what I want into them, but find what they need and, and arrive in that space for them and nourish. And, um, so it really got me thinking that what if everybody tried to sell out their funeral? You know, it's that old Pollyanna thing about how great would the world be. And, and I'm not talking about unicorns and pixie dust and Skittles all the time, but, you know, you can make an impact on people, thousands and thousands of people. We just don't realize it sometimes, whether it's the postman or the person at the counter at the grocery store or the person at the bank or the person you sit beside on a bus or, you know, we, most people interact with a lot more people than they think they do. So, right. Yeah. That's where that book was born out of. And, you know, it's really nice when you have things to focus on in your life, because when you get up in the morning, there's no question what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to work on selling out my funeral and I'm going to work on serving others and I'm going to stay on purpose. and um, you know, some people think, well, how, yeah, okay, that's great. But you still have to pay your bills, et cetera. But there's lots of ways you can monetize, you know, bringing value to others.
1: Sure. Well, that's that's really some great stuff. So, um, you yeah, know, thank you for sharing that too. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. And um, so as we uh, get ready to close this out um, – you know uh, i believe you have some tremendous value to offer people um with your message and and the books that you're sharing with your wisdom and insights uh to be able to go out and impact the world and step into your calling um and helping people do the same uh, you know how how do people find out more about you
0: well the, the easiest way is to go to com. so it's d u a n e c u m m i n g s.com and I'm grateful that you even ask. I, you know me, Dan. I don't have opt-ins and newsletter registrations and funnels I'm trying to fill, and I'm not going to follow up with 50 emails about what you can buy. Um, but there's content there. You can connect to YouTube. We put out, you know, mindful mindset video series. Um, we shine the light on other people that are doing well in the world, and um, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. I'm on every social media platform, but DwayneCummings.com is where you can get a hold of everything. Awesome.
1: Well, Dwayne, I, I really appreciate. You, you have any closing insight for for people that that are you know in a space where they want to step out and contribute more to the world? What, what would be you know some parting wisdom that you want to, would want to share?
0: Wow. Um, well. First of all, I'm sure they're they're already on their way if they're listening to your show, your podcast, because they're you know they're searching for something. But then it's really about that taking action. You know, we always have these whiz bang ideas before we go to sleep, and the next morning we get up, we talk ourselves out of them, and you know we don't follow through. And I just say, you know, do it. If you want to help someone, get up and do it. You have an idea to work at a nonprofit, go do it. You want to serve meals on a Sunday, go do it. Start doing things because then you can get momentum and and then I have so much momentum in my life now i can't imagine going back to where I was before, but you have to start doing life is about an action doing um, so you know thank you for having me on your show and i'm I'm honored and i'm grateful that you're showing up in the world doing what you're doing because you inspire you know people like me you know that you're out there doing what you're doing fantastic family and you know, focused on giving and others. and So thank you.
1: Oh. Well, thanks again for being here. And I'm honored to have you. And, uh, you know, glad we uh, got to do this and share your message with the world. Well,
0: thanks, Dan. And uh, let me know if I can ever be of service.
1: For more information on the links and resources recommended in this show, please visit allinpodcast.com.